time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Morworth County Commission candidate Donald Wright, straight ahead. Uh, do you think that the, um, uh, the the fact that so many people will be voting by mail is, is going to be uh, a good thing? Yes, I really do, only because... Uh, many times people are swayed one way or the other. Now then, they've got to look at the... Uh, well, look at what literature you got, uh, and of course, my phone number and email is on everything I send out. And uh, and I do think that I know Flint Township has got quite a few absentees in from what they usually have. But keeping in mind that even though they're absentees, they're still part of the voting process. That it's not so much that more people are voting; it's just that they're voting a different way. And uh, absentees, I think, is an important thing. And of course. Uh, who knows what will happen between now and election time. Uh, many things could happen, I guess, that you can't even, uh, you know, but again, you can't hardly contact the people. But what we're doing is we're trying a, uh, we're doing a door-to-door thing, but we're not knocking on doors. Uh, we're leaving our literature there and just this type of thing, you know. And uh, I do meet people outside. If we're outside, I stand and talk. And I've been really been going over good with my type of literature this year. So, so I feel good about our campaign. What are you hearing back from people when you do get a chance to talk to them? What are, what are the things that they seem the most interested in? Well, first of all, they'll ask me, why in the world would I want to run for it? <laughs> uh, Don, did you bump uh, your head? What's, what's going uh, on? <laughs> that's basically what they're saying. And they know that I am a good, positive individual from Flint Township, a carryover from my wife's days, you know. And they also know that I work hard and uh, with my leadership and the background and all that. They know that. But then they'll ask me, say, well, what is your... Uh, well, what is your real goal? But then when I tell them about the uh, what I'm trying to do, giving back to charity, what have you, got a real burden for these kids and what have you, you know, then they say, well, you got my support, and that's that's good. And I've been getting, I don't know, I've had numerous calls in my first literature stating what I'm trying to do. And, uh, I mean, these are people I don't even know. I haven't, haven't heard of them. And uh, they'll call. They may ask you a couple of questions, and they say, well, that's good enough for me. You got my vote. 
So I, I think I'm going over really good, but you know, and it's not a question of what it can do for me, but what I can do for others is why I'm running. And and uh, in the literature that you're that you're sending out, have you spelled out uh, some I don't know policy positions or um, issue uh, statements in that literature, or are they mostly? Um, introducing you to people and, and sharing your resume? Well, a little bit of both. I, of course, I share my resume, and I do, I do have a pretty good one as far as overall. But in, I'm also pointing out what my goals are. Like my number one goal is to always be open to the people and keep them informed openly of what's happening within our, our county government as far as the commissioners go. And uh, I'll never be, and nothing I point out is in, in my decision, I'll never be biased or look at a person's uh, background uh, racially or otherwise because I'm a strictly, a, uh, call it like it is, treat, I treat everybody with respect. But like when we're getting ready to make appointments or what have you, uh, it's not going to be a political thing, bios. It's going to be a case whereas I feel that the best person deserves the jobs there. But again, back to the financial picture, of course, I'd have to, See what, see what all is involved because I do know that there's some real problems out there and uh, uh, I think it's going to take a lot of effort now that with all this other stuff's happening to uh, pull the county where it should be because again uh, from my understanding we're almost bankrupt well this thing now should really hurt us even worse but again I feel that my leadership through the years is the most important thing I knew how to handle it at General Motors and I was a frontline supervisor at uh, Truck Assembly, and it's still running strong. And uh, then my experience in the military and all that uh, is another plus. And I just feel like i got a good leadership ability to walk into the job. Do you have a, a sense for, for how the finances uh, got so tough for, uh, for the county? Because it seemed like a fairly short time ago, it, it appeared that the county was doing okay financially, had a good bond rating and all that, and then all of a sudden we hear there are, you know, problems with uh, legacy costs and, and other aspects of the county budget. Um, do, do you have any sense for why that uh, got away from them? Well, without looking at it, I don't. But to, to, but one thing I do, uh, what really caught my attention was, oh, this has been quite a few months ago now. Uh, they had some, uh, and I don't know the whole picture on it, and I don't want to accuse, I'm not going to accuse, but we had, a, they had, they had some special grant money that came in uh, designated for the Veterans Administration. Before knew it, uh, supposedly it was designated going everywhere except the Veterans Administration. And I do know that... Uh, they packed out the board meeting that night, veterans or what have you, because of it. And, of course, uh, the commission had to renege in a hurry to put it back the way it should have been. And that's one thing that I will not put up with. If we're uh, obligated to do something with a certain amount of money, that's where it's going to go, you know. And But that's what really got my attention to consider running again because of, in fact, being a better, veteran, uh, these things are important. And uh, the same thing it is right now. Every time we have a uh, any kind of a money situation, I just want to make sure it's in the best interest of what it's designated to go for. And um, then I, I, I couldn't help thinking that um, when we were talking about mail-in voting, that, that this past May a handful of communities uh, 
just a, a couple in, in Genesee County and a few in other counties around the state had elections that were all mail-in, all early uh, uh, absentee ballot or no reason ballot, whatever, whatever they call it, um, no reason absentee uh, voting. Um, and, and their numbers were way up. Uh, typically in a May election, 8 or 9% turnout, but they were getting something like 26% turnout on the return of those mail-in votes. So I'm, I'm wondering if uh, you anticipate a, uh, a, a strong showing in voter turnout with this uh, expanded mail-in version of voting. I sure do, based on what's already coming in from the Flint Township. Uh, uh, but, but again, uh, that's true votes. In other words, you take the mail-in as opposed to those that's already going to vote. The thing I do like about the mail-in is people's minds are usually made up when they go to polls to vote. And most of them don't like to be bothered by people out there coming up and handing them something or what have you, you know. So I, I just like to be, let, leave them alone, let them go in and vote, may the best man or woman win. But I do think that it's going to help to turn out this time uh, because of the fact that uh, most of them don't understand how the voting absentee works and how simple it is to get a ballot and send the ballot back in and it's all done, you know. And I know uh, but what I'm hearing, all the ballots are going out this week, or they did go out, I guess, yesterday, or Friday, rather, and... Uh, so they'll be hitting everybody this week. So it's very important that you get your message out. And, of course, I've been trying to do that real strong, you know. Uh, but, again, I, I really think that it's going to help turnout-wise or as far as the voting goes, you know. Do you think we'll be looking at the same kind of voting in November? You mean number-wise or just... Uh, no, process. Uh, abs- process, Don. Um, will we oh, be yeah. doing mostly uh, mail-in in November? It'll be a lot bigger because it's, uh, you know, a right. presidential general election. But um, what, what do you think? you think we'll be looking at the same process uh, come November? I do. Uh, I think you'll look at the same process, but I think they'll take a good look at the primary to see exactly how successful it was. Let that be a carryover. But I do think you'll see the same process. However, I do think that you'll still see a lot of people that love to vote, uh, voted, I mean, one-on-one. And uh, so I don't think it'll be as, of course, big as like it was in the primary. But I do think that you'll see a gain in absentee voting because it, it seemed to be the thing. And not only that, it's so easy to, to get an absentee ballot anymore. You used to have it had to be... Uh, a senior or you would have a real good excuse, but now then uh, just about anybody can get an absentee ballot for whatever the reason, you know. So it's just a matter of taking time to do it. But I do think that you'll see uh, some of the trend changing somewhat as far as the absentees go. But uh, whether it affects the total number or not, I I just don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see if people really uh, warm up to what they they call it. In other states, they call it uh, early voting. But um, the idea, and, and you kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago, Don, that people have a little time with their ballot. It's not like going into a poll and trying to check the boxes as fast as you can. They can sit down and think about it and, and uh, um, you know, read the proposals thoroughly and, and think about them for a minute. There's there's a little more time with the ballot. So it may, it may be something that people really warm up to going forward. Sure. And I and I hope it does. I, again, uh, 
it's well when you have election day you see everybody out there uh trying to overdo outdo the other person and uh, it gets to be a real funny farm sometimes watching how everybody's running up to a different person or whatever you know well when a person goes to vote i mean sometimes true yes they'll stop and vote to the one individual and uh, some people think, well, you can hand them all this. Well, you're handing them, you can't carry it in anyway. You throw it in a trash can when you walk in, you know. And uh, But the point is, I feel leave the voters alone. I'm not even sure if I'm going to have anybody. I'll have a few at the polls, but not not a lot. Just kind of a say-hi type of attitude, you know. But, uh, again, I think that the absentees is going to be the real uh, problem solver and what's going to be the biggest thing for this election. And, again, I kind of feel good that uh, you just can't go to the door to door as much because, believe it or not, people do not like people coming to the door like they used to because there's so much of solicitation going on or whatever, you know. So, right, right. Well, let me uh, let me at least do this as we're we're almost out of time, Don. But I, as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and about your campaign. And you mentioned. Uh, was it a website that you had set up? Well, I didn't go with the website. I got on Facebook, but I do have an email. I'll be glad to give that to you, plus uh, uh, my phone number directly so that they can uh, respond to me either way, and they're always welcome. And believe it or not, I do get back with them. In fact, uh, one fellow called, and I never heard of the individual, uh, and uh, he uh, didn't get me when he called. He left it on my voicemail, but I called him back within the hour. And he said, well, first of all, you've got my attention because you called me back right away. And, uh, I, you know, we talked. He asked me a couple of questions, and then I went on from there. I said, uh, well, we got done. He said, well, I'm convinced you're you're my man. He said, you got my vote. Well, it made me feel good, you know. So, uh, but I just feel like that, uh, you know, again, my door is always open. The open door is a big part of my campaign. So if you'd like, I'll be glad to give my phone number sure. and uh, email. And my phone number, once again, is Don Wright. It's uh, area code 810-280-6011. Once again, that's area code 810-280-6011. And my email is simple. It's my name backwards. It's Wright, which is W-R-I-G-H-T, Don, D-O-N, Wright, Don, 25, at yahoo.com. And uh, I'm glad to... Have anybody get hope of me at any time and uh, ask questions? I'll be glad to be there for them. I'm looking forward to a good, positive campaign and uh, hope to see the people at the polls. You know. All right. Well, Don, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning. I appreciate it very much. Best of luck to you. Sure, Tom. I really appreciate what you do for the people and uh, everything. And it's uh, always an honor to be able to just uh, talk to you because you've always been a first-class individual for what you're doing, and I do appreciate you very much, sir. Thanks a lot. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. My guest is Don Wright. He is a a Democrat running in the primary for uh, the 4th District uh, seat on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight (laughs) ahead. And we're going to take a short break right now and let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in edgewise. Uh, If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. And then we move from the 4th District seat on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners to the 9th District seat. Up after the break, we'll talk with uh, Democrat running in the August primary, Gary Pepin from Davison. We'll be right back. 
Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bai from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. In just a little while, you folks are going to have the pleasure not only hearing the songs of the star of the program and all, but you're also going to have the pleasure of hearing and watching and seeing in person the gentlemen and ladies who have been supplying the fine music behind the curtain this evening. It's a wonderful orchestra. I love to hear them play. But while you would possibly never even consider counting how many pieces there are in the band, it so happens there are about, I think, 26, 27 members of the orchestra, the stage orchestra here. The only thing is they used to play in Hollywood. And when they were there in Hollywood, California, there were a 65-piece orchestra. And when they were hired by the International Hotel to come here and play, they all got on a a bus, all 65 of them with their instruments and everything, and headed out for Las Vegas. The only thing was, when they crossed the Nevada state line, they had fruit inspection, and this is all slack. Here are some most happy fellas, the four lads for Ford. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Standing on the corner, giving all the Fords the Thunderbird's kissing cousin Get in a Ford Give Ford a try So don't 
This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue with uh, today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program, looking at uh, some of the candidates for uh, races that are uh, contested in the August primary. We're going to look at the uh, Democratic primary for the ninth seat on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners, and uh, one of the Democrats running for that seat is joining me now by phone. His name is uh, Gary Pepin. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Um, Gary, um, is this is this your first time running for an elected office? No, um, I was on the Davison City Council. So first time for a countywide seat, or that, but. I was with uh, the Davison City Council for a little over five years. And what was it that that made you uh, interested in serving in that in that capacity and and it now in this one? Oh, well, um, I got involved in the city uh, after we had a recall of four um, city council members back in 2010. And uh, I was approached by some people in the community to see if I would be interested in um, doing work with the city. So I said, you know, it sounded like uh, I could help the city. Um, and so I went went out and uh, got involved. And uh, then I run for re-election, and uh, I won that. And um, enjoyed my time on the city council. Um, was really a, a good learning experience. Um, I learned a lot of things and uh, worked with some good people on the city council, and we got some things accomplished. And uh, 2016, um, my parents came back from Florida, and I had to help with my mother who was um, ill, and so I did decided not to run and uh, take my uh, energy and efforts to help my parents. So uh, I didn't re- run for re-election, and uh, I ended up retiring in 2018. And um, I uh, was doing some odd, odds and ends and things, um, and then I, uh, my son is a community school director in Flint. And so he asked me if I would mentor uh, some of the kids there at um, Pierce Elementary. So I started doing that, and then it led to some coaching positions at the school, and um, so I got involved with the kids, and I just realized how um, there's a lot of people being left behind in this economy, and, um, you know, I I just enjoyed the kids, and I want to see them have the opportunity to, to grow and to dream and to uh, hope for the future, and so this opportunity came about, and I just thought um, this may be an opportunity for me to um, use my experience that I've had and um, help the kids down the road. And and when you say this opportunity came along, this is an open seat, right? Right, yes. 
usually that brings a lot of candidates out. Do you think uh, things are going to be a little different uh, because of COVID-19 with uh, how you campaign and, and uh, how people vote? I, I believe so, yes, Tom. Um, it, it really, when I first, I had a I had a kind of a game plan in my head of how I was told things would, you know, how you, how you campaign door to door and the different things that... Uh, that um, you do for a normal campaign. And we started out, and I was going to uh, different meetings and meeting different people. And then all of a sudden, uh, we come to a screeching halt. And uh, now everything has really either been by phone, by Zoom, and a whole different, you know, just a whole different atmosphere of how you uh, communicate with people. But we're all dealing with the same situation, so um, you know, it's just we gotta adapt and uh, and make the best of what we have and find the workarounds. What do you think of the uh, uh, Michigan's new law with uh, regard to no reason absentee uh, voting and uh, as they call it in other states, early voting? Do you think more people will participate in the process because of the uh, convenience of filling out their ballots at home? I think so. I, I think, uh, you know, it eliminates uh, one of those hurdles that uh, of getting to the poll and with people's hectic schedules, this uh, allows them some extra time as well as uh, not having the issues of uh, going to a polling place to, to do it. Are you able, uh, in in the workarounds from uh, getting away from a, a, a traditional door-to-door campaign, in the workarounds, are you able to get feedback from people, and, w- and what are you hearing from potential well, voters? Well, you know, it, yeah, it's, um, you, you don't get as much feedback because there's just not that personal contact, eye-to-eye and stuff like that, so yeah. You don't have that the, the ability to to um, communicate um, through through sight, but um, um, I think that um, um, we need to um, deal with people. You know, some people have agendas. You hear about them constantly. Other people, um, they. They don't want to talk about it. You try and bring it up, and they're hesitant. Especially on the phone, it's easy to um, brush you off and <laughs> tell you yeah. that they're, they're busy and stuff like that. But um, I have found that um, um, I have had good communication with with people. Um, I've lived this area, lived in this area all my life, and um, so I know a lot of people. So for me, it's been wonderful because I get to. Uh, I get to talk to people I haven't talked to in a long time and and catch up on uh, what's happening with them and, you know, renew friendships uh, from uh, years gone by. What did you uh, pick up in your time on the Davison City Council that you think will be helpful in, in serving as a uh, member of the county board? Well, I, I found that when we all work together, we seem to get more accomplished. Um, I, Communication is really, really necessary. And I, I sat on one committee on the city, and we used to have meetings, and we would just talk things through, 
sometimes it took two hours, sometimes it took three hours, but we always we always respected each other, even though we may have differences of opinion. And um, I think we formed some good policy through the fact that um, we compromised. And uh, I think that's just something that's lacking nowadays is uh, the ability to to get off of your mark, to give a little, to get a little, and you know somehow make things work for the best of the people. You mean the Davidson City Council had committee meetings that would last two or three hours long? Oh yeah, we what? used to we used, we used to we used to um, it was we used to just uh, make policy committee you know and so we would start to talk things and, and we would have just overall discussions about general things and um, you know and we just hit, we would uh, we would sit there and hammer things out and. Uh, and we usually didn't leave because we were we were energized by the by the conversation and would get we get lost in time. Well, I'll tell you if if uh, you were getting if you were losing track of the time and running as long as three hours, I think the city uh, the the Flint City Council could learn a lot from you. <laughs> <laughs> I think they hold the yeah, record I, for I long meetings. I don't know meetings. that I could withstand those those type meetings. <laughs> Um, but moving uh, moving on to the uh, the county board and and what's going on and, and I've been asking candidates for seats on the county board this um, it it seemed to me like just a very short time ago you know four or five years ago the county when when other municipalities and in regional governments around the state were really struggling with uh, money problems and, and deficits that the county was in pretty good financial shape, that they had a good bond rating and, you know, the books seemed to be balanced and so on. And then all of a sudden, just within the last few months, I'm reading things about, you know, unfunded liabilities in legacy costs and uh, uh, potential budget shortfalls. Do you have any sense for how that happened and what can and should be done about it? Well, um, my feeling is that over time, you know, there were these legacy costs in kind of like infrastructure situations. You know, they were not causing a huge issue. Uh, They were there. Um, We didn't look at them, so we ignored them. And then we run into the uh, recession, and then that affected property taxes, different things. And so I think it, it's kind of a appropriations from the state were lowered. So I think there was a, you know, an attack from different directions. And um, in a lot of cases, I think those monies um, were just not appropriated, um, especially like for the uh, retirees' benefits were not appropriated um, Barely, or you know, in the amounts that they should have, based on what was happening uh, with the number of employees and retirees, and um, so I think it's just it's a it's a it's a big problem. Um, I think it's something that we have to get our arms around and plan for the future, so that uh, this situation, once it gets taken care of, doesn't repeat itself. 
and and um, do you think that's going to be made tougher um, trying to I don't know get uh, revenue sharing back from the state with uh, the state's new obligations created by the COVID uh, nineteen crisis? That sure doesn't help, does it? I mean, or the flood uh, in Midland, for that matter. Exactly. I mean, all those things, you know, and we throw around numbers like billions and stuff like that, and we, we we're not even we're not even numbed by listening to how much some of this stuff is is going to cost, and it's got to come from somewhere. So I think that is going to have um, a, a big impact as we go forward because we're going to have to pay back that that debt somewhere, and. Uh, going to come from a lot of different um, municipalities and and different areas that the government funds. And there are um, a number of different uh, services that are provided at the county level, and, and even though people may not be very familiar with the board and its um, inner workings, uh, they oversee the budgets for uh, a number of services that people interact with all the time, whether it's the register of deeds or or the the county prosecutor's office or the sheriff's department there are a lot of agencies within the within the county um do you have a particular area of uh, expertise that that you want to focus on as a member of the county board well i i'm have an interest in um the economic development um I think we we sit in an area where we have great infrastructure in that we have three expressways that come through our town. We have a good airport, rail, and um, trucking. You know, we have huh? And trucking. And trucking, yeah. And uh, we have areas, you know, where the old AC, the old Buick were that uh, are are very viable spots to uh, to increase. Um, manufacturing or other types of uh, industry and uh, I just think that we have all the the pieces and uh, you know to get good paying jobs with benefits and stuff so that we can pick this economy up like it was when I was a young guy and and, um, what can the the county board do to facilitate um, economic development and and potentially job growth well i think we have to um first go out and prospect you know and just uh get the word out there do some marketing of our area and market the properties that we have and i know that's being done but you know we have to um show off what we have um that's a that's a plus um you know we need to get back and keep the young people who have skills and trades and um, get a workforce that's uh, able to um, fill those jobs. And so I, I just think that it's, it's a matter of um, kind of like campaigning for this seat. You just have to get out and knock doors and and just talk to people and, and try and find that company that uh, wants to grow and expand and part of can that be done better at the uh, county level than the individual efforts of uh, uh, 
county communities like Flint, Davison, uh, and Clio, and yeah. so on? I, I, myself, I think it, it um, you know, I think the county is a, can, can be the starting focal point, and then as you get along in the process, you a- absolutely involve the municipalities, and um, I think it's always communication, um, involvement of all those involved um, to, to, to join forces to make that be better. Do you think that we'll be doing the uh, the, the same kind of um, voting uh, process in November that we're going to experience with this August primary? And do you face... Uh, a, a challenge in the fall? Are, are there? Is there a Republican running in this uh, in this race? Yes. Okay. Is. Okay. Because they're not in all of the seats, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm only focusing on the uh, uh, candidates that are facing primary challenges in yeah. uh, August at this time. Uh, mm-hmm. But do you think we'll be doing the the same thing again uh, in the fall? Well, you know, I. Uh, I hope not, but I, I think we will. Um, I think Governor Whitmer has done a very good job of trying to contain the COVID. But as we open up, you see as people are just been cooped up and they kind of let their guards down. And I'm, I'm worried about the, uh, the second wave as they talk about with the flu and different things come September. So at this point, you know, we haven't we haven't gone down to a point where you could say um, we can look at it in the rearview mirror. But uh, so that's that's what scares me as we go forward and people get out and about and mingle and have um, you know parties and everything. So I think I think there's a serious uh, there's a serious um, chance that we will be doing the election the same way. Well, American people are, are don't like to be told that they can't do something. It's it's like it's like telling somebody don't push the red button. You know, yeah. that's the that's the first thing you want to do is push that red button. Exactly. Yeah. What does it do that I shouldn't be pushing it? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and I think uh, and I think we have a little little trouble with patience. Three months of. Uh, shutdown you know seems yeah. like a very long time but in the grand scheme of things maybe not so much how do you think uh, um you seem to be uh, very complimentary of of the governor's leadership but how do you think uh, county and local leaders have uh, been in terms of um you know dealing with this uh, with this crisis and um uh, providing leadership for people in in how to how to muddle through this yeah i i think they've done a good job i think um you know we got on it early and um you know they've they've kept us abreast of things um i i think we've done as well as we can probably do based on just what you said about our ability to always not um not want to be told what to do. <laughs> Our strong desire to push the red button. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, since a lot of the uh, campaigning for offices all up and down the ballot are being done online, 
Um, have you done anything with uh, an online presence differently than you might have done? Have you set up a website, for example? Yes, I have a website and Facebook page. And, and email address. And, and Gary, what what is the website if people want to find out it's, more? Uh, GaryPeppin.com. And that's Peppin, P-E-P-P-I-N. P-E-P-P-I-N. Two P's in the middle, P-E-P-P-I-N. Right. And, uh, I'm going to elect Gary Peppin on Facebook. And uh, people can find out more about, about you and, uh, yes. and your campaign and so on. Yes. Um, Gary, what um, you mentioned uh, economic development um, as as an interest area. Um, are there things on your website? Um, I don't know issue positions and and ways people can find out more about what you've done and what you would do. Yeah, I've I've um, I have some things on there. Uh, um, not not a lot of um i i've had some um facebook you know um posts and stuff to talk about what i've done um what my what my goals are what my um, attempt to get accomplished will be um i think with the economic development um i worked on a main street um widening project here in Davison and with that in that was a whole um, facade uh, improvement of the downtown area which um, has really helped our downtown merchants um, with their uh, clientele and stuff so um, that was really an enjoyable project uh, to do to see visually the changes as well as what it did to help the merchants uh, move forward. Well, Gary, it's been uh, a real honor and a privilege uh, meeting you, albeit by phone, um, and <laughs> yes. uh, getting a chance to uh, get to know you a little bit and, and uh, share uh, your thoughts and, and uh, credentials and interests and so on with uh, listeners. And I want to thank you for uh, spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Tom, for having me, and have a good day now. All right. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Gary Pepin. He is uh, a Democrat, former uh, city council member from Davison, who is running for the 9th District seat on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners. And I'm, I'm doing my best to get to all of the candidates that have contests in the August primary. I did reach out to uh, his opponent in this race, Ann Edwards, uh, who I believe is also from Davison, and I, I just I haven't heard back from her yet, and so I wasn't able to include her in today's show, but uh, of course the mic will be open uh, for her um, in the in the coming days uh, before the before it's too late. Um, in any event, we're going to take a short break. We have. Uh, kind of an open segment coming up we'll probably hear uh, a little comedy and a little music and then uh, next hour we're going to look at the race for the genesee county drain commissioner we'll hear first from the challenger travis wines and then we'll hear from uh, the incumbent the the, uh, current commissioner uh, jeff wright 
both Democrats running in the August primary for Genesee County Drain Commissioner. So with that, we'll uh, take a short break. Don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the mask. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. The interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. 
Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange. It's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman's sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you, could you be happy if your name was... This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I've been waiting around now for three weeks. <laughs> of course, our apologies. Our next guest is the junior senator from New York. Senator, first we'd like to welcome you here today. We hope this will be a happy interview. No, well, I mean, that's, I don't think that that would be... I doubt if it will be. <laughs> yes, senator is the father of nine children and a devoted family man. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out to come and speak with us here. I'm delighted to see uh, so many grown-ups all in one room. Uh, we continue the questioning with Mr. Swayze. Well, Senator, I wonder if we might switch for just a moment and... Keep the door open. Well, sir, we normally close the door for silence, you understand. I'm in favor of keeping that door open. <laughs> Keep the door open. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mr. Van Voorhees. Senator, as an out-of-stater, some people have questioned your motives for coming into New York. I grew up here in the state of New York. Well then, obviously it does have meaning for you. What exactly is New York to you and your wife, Ethel? Something that we will hand over to our children. <laughs> Mr. St. Ledger. Uh, now that you're a senator, you must have some very, very exciting and vital things you plan on doing for the people of New York. No, I have no plans. Surely, <laughs> surely Senator, you have some ideas. I just have no plans. <laughs> Well, what do the people of New York need? Well, I think you'd have to ask them. <laughs> Senator, if we, can, uh, if we can look ahead for just a moment, uh, do you think your brother Teddy will one day be president? If he wants to uh, join me and where I'm going, I'd be glad to have him along. <laughs> correctly interpret what you've just said, uh, when would you like to be president? Now. Well, I think you know it can't be done that quickly. 1965, 1966? No, obviously you can't run for president until 1968. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> happened to believe that. Didn't you pay him a visit just recently? A few days ago. Did you have a nice friendly chat with the president? I showed up and he had guards to keep me out. 
<laughs> we understood, sir, that on a recent tour of the Western United States, you visited Mount Rushmore. I did, yes. With the great heads of Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln carved into the mountainside. That's correct. And as you stood there gazing up at that monument, did any particular thoughts come to mind? I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> very much. Incidentally, due to your heavy schedule, we almost took it upon ourselves to cancel this interview entirely. I would have been delighted. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
truly paid Golden with glitter, prices truly paid Houses built to tear down in the wake of what's to come Round world getting smaller with no place to run You've got to live for yourself Give what you can You've got to live for yourself next a short uh, break here at the for uh, top of the hour id and then uh, we move into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the tom sumner program but we continue looking at candidates in the august primary and we'll hear from the uh, challenger and the incumbent in the democratic primary uh, coming right up uh, in august 
for Genesee County Drain Commissioner. We'll hear first from Travis Wines, and then we'll hear from the uh, incumbent Jeff Wright. That's all straight ahead on today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm Alexander Zonjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 